welcome to Plugged in Christ. This is your announcer, Zayvon Grady. Today we'll explore more of our brand new podcast series titled, 1 Corinthians, Paul's Letter to Corinth, with Pastor Peter William Polis. This is part five, which Pastor Polis will cover chapter seven concerning the principles of marriage. We do these biblical teachings so that you'll gain wisdom, knowledge, and blessing from this podcast series. Now, here's Pastor William Polis on today's Bible lesson. Well, I welcome you today into this podcast. As uh, Mr. Grady alluded to, we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about the importance of marriage, what the Bible has to say about the institution of marriage. The Bible is very clear. The, the institution of marriage is between one man and one woman. But today, we often have people in this world today that are that have the wrong concepts about marriage. There, there's a lot of divorce going on between couples, and sometimes it's not even uh, very long before they get divorced, not long after they get married. And this becomes an issue, but the church definitely is very clear, and as is the Bible, it's one man, one woman, and today that's very important to the institution of marriage. It's very important to understand and, and to follow the biblical principle of marriage. So today we're going to start with chapter 7 on the principles of marriage. At the very beginning here of chapter 7, we're going to start with verses 1 through 9, in which Paul says, Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Notice here that Paul is stating that in verse 1, concerning the context of a married, that the people who are married to one another should not touch another woman outside of their married partner, in a romantic or other way. But here, you notice he dresses a man and not the woman. And this verse also suggests that if he cannot, if he cannot, then he should remain unmarried. Because here what it says here, verse 2, Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Paul is saying this because of sexual immorality that exists even in his time. Even in the time that Paul lived, there was sexual immorality. That each man should have his own wife, and the wife should have her own husband. To understand this completely, Paul is underscoring that immorality is both of man and of woman equally. It's not one over the other. And to prevent this, they should be married so that their concentration of love, affection, and sexual morality is upon the other spouse and is proper in the eyes of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. Let the husband render unto his wife the affection due to her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body, but the wife does. So you ask yourself, what's Paul talking about here? Well, in verse 3, in marriage, they should give due benevolence, love, and respect one another. This is what God commands in marriage. If you think back to the the Old Testament Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. Paul, even in Jesus' time, during the time he was walking this earth, he enhanced and he believed in the Old Old Testament commandments and the Old Testament itself, and he also enhanced and enriched the understanding of how it, it was to be in the modern time, during Jesus' time. And Paul does the same thing. He's not denying 
anything the Ten Commandments are saying. He's enriching, enhancing, and making that better understood. There's also Exodus 20, verse 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. This is the provision from the very beginning which God gave to Moses. And Jesus confirmed as the Old Testament scripture, he confirmed those things in the New Testament. Verse 4, now some are confused by this, by what it means. But this is what it's, it's essentially saying right here. The man gives his body to his wife, and the wife gives her body to her husband, so that the husband and or wife is not in control of their body. Rather, each spouse is responsible for the other, and as a matter of control duty. Verses 5 through 9. Do not deprive one another except for the consent of before time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, so that Satan does not tempt you because you're of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. For I wish that all men were as I am myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in, his, in this matter and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widow, it is good for them to remain as, if, as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Let's put some context to this. In verse 5, Paul says that, for, except for a time while you employ yourselves in some extraordinary duties of religion, that they should, not, they should give themselves to fasting and prayer. Seasons of deep humil, uh, humiliation require an abstinence from lawful pleasure, pleasures. But this separation between a husband and wife must not be for the continuous, lest they expose themselves to Satan's temptation because of incontinence or inability to contain. Notice what that what Paul is stating in verse 5. He states in verse 6, This is not a commandment. He's not giving a commandment here. He says it's rather a concession. For even in verse 7, Paul wishes that men were like him, who, are, who is not married and abstinent. But each one has their own gift from God in this matter or another. They have no ability to choose whether they want to stay, stay unmarried or marry. In verse 8, Paul turns his attention to the unmarried and the widow. Paul wishes that they remain as they are, that they stay where they are in their, in their current situation. But, he continues his thought from verse 8 to verse 9, the most consequential message concerning the principles of marriage, when he says that if the unmarried or widows cannot exercise control, they should marry, because it's better than that than to burn with sinful lust, and as Paul puts it, burn with passion. The next section is keep your marriage keep your marriage vows. First Corinthians seven verses ten through sixteen. First we'll read verses ten and eleven. Now to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart. Let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And the husband is not to divorce his wife. Now I'm reading you from a New King James Version. I usually read the King James Version. In the King James it says that a man should not put away his wife, which is the same thing as divorce. They're of the same contextual meaning. Paul turning to those people who are married. Notice that he's pointing out that it is not he who gives this command, 
but it's what the, comes from the Lord. He states that a woman should not depart from her husband, and in plain language, a wife should not abandon nor neglect her husband by leaving their place where they live together as husband and wife. In verse 11, Paul states that a wife, if she does depart, there are only two options that are acceptable. First is that she continues to insist in staying apart from her husband, then she is to remain unmarried, or she can return and be reconciled to her husband, and they will continue in, in the course of the marriage. Paul also states at the end of this that a husband is not to put away, which means divorce, his wife. Notice that he's, he's giving the contextual point of view there that a wife should not abandon or leave the, hus- the husband. But if she does, she remains unmarried or reconciled. Notice he's not talking about divorce in the, in the course of a wife. But he does say at the end that a man, a husband, is not to put away, divorce, his wife. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 12 through 16. But to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe, and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? What Paul is getting at here is talking about having one person in, the, in, in that marriage, a husband or a wife, who is not a believer. You should not put, if it's a husband who is an unbeliever, you know, and the wife wants him to live there, that's fine. If it's a wife, and he, and he wants her to live there, that's fine. And if they have children by that, then they are holy because of the believer. And let's keep in mind, too, that there are cases, and it's happened before, when there is a, a believing husband or wife and an unbelieving spouse of that husband or wife, they can often get them to a point where they come to faith in the Lord. But they are already made holy, the children, by the spouse who is the believer. In verse 15, that the unbelieving spouse departs, then let them depart. Because we're not under bondage if that occurs. God has called his believers to be at peace. And in verse 16, Paul asks in this form of a question, if a believing husband or wife, how do you know you will be able to save them? You don't. That's, that's up to God. You do what you do and witness to them to try to bring them to faith but let God and let the Holy Spirit do the work live as you're called 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 17 through 24 but as God has distributed to each one as the Lord has called each one so let him walk and so I ordained all the churches was anyone called while circumcised let him not become uncircumcised was anyone called while uncircumcised let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Let each one remain in the same calling to which he was called. Were you called while you were a slave? Do not be concerned about it, 
But if you can be made free, rather use it. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave, called free while he is Christ's slave, while you are brought to at a price, do not become the slaves of men. Brethren, let each one remain with God in that state in which he was called. Verse 17, Paul is saying here that God has distributed each one, has called each one, let him walk in that. Paul has already ordained all the churches. And if anyone was called was circumcised or let him not be uncircumcised. Whether he's uncircumcised or not, let him remain in that calling to where he's at. Because what really matters is obeying the commandments of God. Paul addresses another type of condition of calling, asking that if one was a slave when they were called, do not worry about it. You are free in the Lord, and you should use it. He who is called the Lord as a slave is actually the Lord's free man. He may be seen as a slave in this world, but to the Lord he is free. Paul was in this situation many times during the course of his three missionary journeys. He who is called free is really Christ's slave. Paul harkens back to verse 23 to the fact that because Jesus died on the cross for everyone, that no person should be a slave to any man. Paul calls it once again that whether free man or slave, verses 21 through 23, they should remain in the state in which they were called. Now Paul addresses the unmarried and widows. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 20, 25 through 40. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. I suppose therefore that it is good because of the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loose from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But even if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I will spare you. But I say this, brethren, that the time is short, so that we, we should be, though, as they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep, and those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice, those who buy as though they did not possess, and those in, who use this world as not mis, misusing it, the forms of this world is passing away. But I want you to, to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, and how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares for about the things of the world, and how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world and how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, that you may serve the Lord without distraction. But if any man thinks he is behaving improperly towards his virgin, if she is the pastor flower of youth, and thus it must be, let him do what he wishes. He does not sin. Let them marry. Nevertheless, he who stands steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but has power over his own will, and is determined in this heart that he will keep his virgin, does well. So then, he who gives her in marriage does well. But he who does not give her in marriage does better. A wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives. 
But if her husband dies, she is at liberty to marry to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. But if but she is happier if she remains as she is according to my judgment, and I think also have the Spirit of God. Now I know that was a quite a long series of, of verses there, but we'll break it down real real simply right here. Paul turns the subject about addressing the unmarried widows. In verse 25, he addresses the virgins first. He has a commandment from the Lord, yet he makes no judgment to those who in the Lord and his mercy have made trustworthy. He states that he supposes it to be good because of the stress, the pressures of the world, that he should remain where he or she should remain where they are. Verse 26, whether you are bound to a wife or loosed, unbound, which means unbound. If you are loose from a wife, then do not seek a wife. If you're bound to a wife, you must stay there. If you marry while loosed, do not, you do not sin. If a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Each will, as Paul points out, have trouble in the flesh with temptation. But Paul says he would spare them. Verse 28. Paul was pointing out in verses 28 and 29 that a man should proceed to look for the spiritual and heavenly things and a wife who is who is one in this world, has to be considered as if he had none. In verse 30, Paul was pointing out that the time is short for those who are in the world. Though there are believers, there are believers that are fake, weeping, and those who are rejoicing as if they never rejoiced, and bought things they never possessed. These believers are not genuine. They are focused on worldly things and not heavenly things. They make precedent of things of this world, as if they are more valuable than heavenly things. Paul states the obvious point, verse 31, that the world is passing away. Notice that Paul is talking about the end. And our contextual makeup in as men and women, married, unmarried, widowed, virgin, in this world, and what we should be doing as a responsibility. Paul wants believers to concentrate on heavenly things rather than earthly things because the world will come to destruction upon the Lord's return. Paul wants us to be without care, for he who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord and how to please the Lord. Verse 32, One who is married cares for things in this world and how he can please his wife. Verse 33, Then he addresses the virgins. A virgin is pure, holy in body and spirit, and therefore cares about the things of the Lord. But a married woman cares about the things of the world and how she can please her husband. Therefore, there is this distinction shown in verse 34 and in verse 35. He says, it is for their own profit, not bound by it, in whether a virgin or a married woman, that they should serve the Lord without distraction. In verse 36, if a man thinks that he's behaving unhandsomely towards his virgin daughter, and she's past her flower of her youth, then he should do what he wishes. He, the father, should find a suitable mate for her, and in doing so, he does not sin. Children are at the disposal of their parents, but should not dispose of themselves in marriage. If one stands steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, needs, but is able to have power of his own will, and will come out from worldly desires and sins, and has determined to keep this virgin, then he does well. The one who gives away his daughter in marriage does well, but the one who give, does not give her away does better. Verse 38. Here is the thought process of Paul. Parents can consult their children's inclinations both in marriage and in general, and to the person in particular, and, 
not to reckon to have uncontrollable power to do with them and dictate them what they please. It is our duty as parents to consider what is lawful, but in many cases we must consider what is fit to be done before we do it. Now Paul goes back to the wife in marriage in the context of looking at the time in which a husband passes. He says as long as the husband lives, she is bound by the law, the biblical law concerning marriage. But when the husband dies, she is free to marry whomever she wishes. But he's putting that little context at the end, only in the Lord. He's wanting the wife to marry someone who is a believer. If she be happier and she remains as she is, unmarried, Paul sees nothing in his judgment and also having the spirit of the Lord. This concludes today's podcast. I want to thank you for listening. I want to tell you that we were so we're so very thankful here for each and every listener. I hope that you will join us next time as we cover chapter 8 in this podcast series titled 1 Corinthians, Paul's letter to Corinth. We pray here plugged into Christ that our podcasts have helped you in understanding the Bible better and has strengthened your faith and encouraged you to spend time reading and studying Scripture. We encourage you here at Plugged into Christ to spend time in the Word every day, pray, and most of all, be part of your local church services each and every Sunday. Plugged into Christ podcasts are published through Buzzsprout.com. Now you can have set up a free account in order to listen to the po- podcast there on Buzzsprout. You can also go to Google Play Store if you have an Android phone or an Apple iTouch phone and download Spotify, Pandora, or any of the other podcast sites where we can be found. You can also listen to our Plugged into Christ podcast on iTunes. Just put Plugged into Christ in the search box of your favorite podcast site and you'll be able to listen or download any and all the podcasts of Plugged into Christ. If you live in and around the Lorraine County area, we would love to have you come and join us at Lorraine Full Gospel Church. We are located at 1900 West 19th Street in Lorraine, Ohio. Our normal church service is Sundays at 11 a.m. We are so very thankful for all our podcast listeners. Until our next podcast, good night and may the Lord bless and keep you in your daily walk. This has been a presentation of Plugged Into Christ with your host, pastor, and teacher, William Polis. Our next podcast will be part six of 1 Corinthians Letters of Correspondence. This is a production of Plugged Into Christ and is sponsored through Lorraine Full Gospel Church. This is your announcer, Zayvon Grady, wishing you a blessed day.